Are you in pain now? Son? He's in, in great pain. It's fairly constant now. It doesn't seem to let up. Which is one of the reasons the New Life Corporation is in existence. We alleviate pain, Mr. and Mrs. Holt. Oh? We make it a thing of the past. Do you know what we deal in? No. We deal in youth, Mr. and Mrs. Holt. We deal in new life. In oh. Yes. New? Our stock in trade is simply... is simply rebirth. Re... Rebirth. Uh, We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And I'm Kevin. And I hope that you guys um, survived the tall tale that was Hocus Pocus and Frisbee last week. I don't know if I made it out alive at the end there. It was uh, it was getting kind of dark. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of happy we're past that one. I was excited to be through <laughs> another comedy, um, surviving another comedy episode of The Twilight Zone. I feel like, you know, no matter what would have come next, we'd be like, you know what? This is an amazing episode. I feel <laughs> like... Uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't take that into consideration while I was watching this, but maybe that did shape like like the trade ins is like that rebound girlfriend that maybe may not be the best, but it's like <laughs> she's not like your ex. So you're like, you know, I'm good. I'm good for a bit. You know, <laughs> like so. <laughs> oh, um, right. Uh, but at least we found out that harmonicas make a death noise. So that's important that we now know that. Yep. So, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's what they call me. <laughs> old death noise. Kevin. So. <laughs> Uh, so, all right. Uh, this episode is, uh, the trade-ins season three, episode 31, uh, air date, April 13th, 1962, number one film experiment and terror. We've talked about that previously. Number one song, Johnny Angel by, uh, Shelly, uh, Fabere, Faberes. I'm going to mess it up and I did it last week. So anyway, coach's girlfriend, that's her song. Um, for day and date, I couldn't find anything for the 13th, um, but I found something on the 16th. There's two things. One, uh, Walter Cronkite actually took over the CBS evening news. And at that time it was a 15 minute program. So he started changing the, you know, the face of like nightly news and he would be nicknamed the most trusted man in America and would hold that position until 81 when Dan Rather took over for him. So you can't not mention Walter Cronkite. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he was actually really important into uh, bringing a lot more public attention to the Watergate um, like investigation because people were kind of dismissing it at the time because they didn't realize the scope of it. And he actually made it a point to devote like 20-some minutes during a half-hour broadcast to the importance of what was going on with the investigation. And it was a lot of people view that as a turning point in the public perception of what was going on. So good on Cronkite. Um, so other thing that happened on this day, April 16th, uh, Bob Dylan made his like first public appearance after releasing his uh, solo, his his first album, not a solo album, uh, and he played his uh, his song "Blowing in the Wind," which would become like his signature song. So, I know we talk about music sometimes, and I never really know how you land on things because when we mentioned Metallica at one point, you were like, "Meh." I don't know how you feel about Dylan. I think he's important, um, but I, you know, I, I just feel bad where it's like I could take or leave a lot of it. Yeah, I, I like certain. Um, I like certain Dylan songs and certain albums, not, not, not as a whole, but he was definitely important to me when I was growing up. Um, I did grow up with a lot of his music and we, we just talked about Dylan not too long ago. That's true. Um, I forget who it was that, uh, had started the Newport Folk Festival. Well, um, the gentleman from Four O'clock, right? Like he, um, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. You um, know, um, him and Rod Birdling, uh, they started that, that yeah. thing, so. Yeah, Theodore Bickle. That's yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, we just talked about him back there, so that's a, that's a good poll bringing up uh, Dylan again. Yeah, so that's all I got for uh, day and date and movies and songs and stuff. 
So we'll jump into cast and crew here. We have uh, Elliot Silverstein as the director of this, who we previously talked about back in the episode Obsolete Man, um, which just shares visually some uh, similar similarities to that one. Um, also did the passersby, and he has one other episode all the way in season five that we'll get to in the future. Yeah, and <clears throat> you're right. Like, there's some visual flair that in a story that, you know, could have went a couple of different directions. Like he tried to bring as much as he could to this. And, um, I got definitely obsolete man vibes watching it. Yeah. Um, episode was written by Rod Serling and then we'll jump into cast here. We have Joseph Schildkraut who plays John Holt, who, uh, we previously talked about back in episode nine of season three, death's head revisited. He has a great role in that as well. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we have Noah Keen, who plays Mr. Vance, who we talked about in season three, episode two, The Arrival. Um, so a lot of familiar faces here, uh, we, except for this one. Alma Platt, who plays Marie Holt. This was her only Twilight Zone appearance, but she was also in one episode of The Night Gallery. Yeah, that's what I had for her as well. Yep. And we got Theodore Marcuse, who plays Faraday or Faraday. I'm not quite sure. Um but we talked about him more recently in To Serve Man. He plays Grigori. Yeah, he was he was my favorite part of that episode. He was Citizen Grigori, the kind of uh, yeah. like indifferent Russian person at the UN with, you know, the alien walking around, you know, being nice and not talking, but with his mind. Yeah. Then we have uh, Edson Stroll, who plays young John Holt. And uh, we talked about him back in Eye of the Beholder. Mm-hmm. He, serving serving kind of a similar role in a way like we'll get to that you know but it was like i saw him i'm like he looks familiar and then you know once realizing his role in that episode it's like you know like it feels like if there's a particular twist that comes in you have to call that guy in you got to call in the bodybuilder yeah. <laughs> yeah um but still a lot of familiar faces mm-hmm. uh terrence demarney demarney uh plays a gambler so this is his only Twilight Zone appearance. Um, he was in one episode of Hawaiian mm-hmm. Eye, though. So I figure I'll bring that up. And uh, uncredited role in Spartacus, I saw. Uh, so he was also in the Bor- Boris Karloff film, uh, uh, Die, Monster, Die. I'm sure you've seen that or at least know of it. Yeah. Um, and then also, because it wouldn't be an episode of Strange Highways if I don't go digging and find some horrible thing oh, about no. the person and what happened to them. So Terrence DeMarney died tragically. Do you want to guess how I'm just going to like, just here's the game. What, how do you think he died uh, tragically? Uh, helicopter or window? <laughs> <laughs> well, he did fall. Uh, I shouldn't laugh about this. <laughs> like, uh, he fell under a subway train um, at Kensington cool. High Street Station in London on May 25th, 1971. Though he had always looked considerably older than his years, he was only 63 at the time. And you think about him, he was the kind of... Uh, the the bushy uh, bushy eyebrow mustache guy that's sitting at the table with the glasses, and he yeah. looked old at that point. And this was you know, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, fell under a subway train. That's a oh. that's a horrible way to go. Man, I mean, subways are God. like the, are underground helicopters, basically, right? Not, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I mean, it, it, first mission mission impossible showed us that helicopters <laughs> can fit in subway for a while yeah, yeah, for, uh, for a while until Tom i guess Cruise says i guess no. that's a train yeah. that's a it's a bullet train right that's but, a bullet but train. it was in a tunnel yeah. so whatever sure. close right. enough train in the tunnel um <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is the kind of material we bring you guys um then we have sailor vincent which is a sweet name who plays a uh, gambler mm-hmm. <laughs> this is his only twilight zone appearance he had about 200 or so credits most of them uncredited roles. Yeah, I wrote down 213 oh. credits, lots of minor roles. So he was kind of like that guy in uh, Dead Man's Shoes that played waiter or servant, like, you know, like most of his career. But hey, it's a living, got paid to do it, and got to be in the Twilight Zone. So he's more successful than I ever will be. Yeah, he was actually, uh, I did some research on him just because his name was uh, awesome. Uh, he was actually a pretty successful welterweight boxer. Oh, okay. He fought 103 fights. I think he had a. Uh, I think about 10 of those were knockouts. He had about 53 wins, 24 losses, and um, a few draws in there. But, yeah, he, he was a pretty well-known boxer. All right. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking 103 matches. Like, is that even something that happens anymore, like, professionally? With, yeah, like, I don't think so. Like, yeah. it, it was something like 518 rounds oh. he went in his career. 
Like it's, that's, it's that's probably amazing healthy. that the yeah. dude went on to be able to act at all, <laughs> getting hit that much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a sweet name for a boxer. It is. I was I. I was like, this guy has to have done something awesome. He's dropping <laughs> the anchor, you know, like, just, yeah. <laughs> um, we have Mary McCann, who plays the receptionist. This was her only acting credit. To think uh, about that, though, it's like, hey, what did you do? I, I dabbled in acting. Well, what, what were you? I was in the Twilight Zone. Like that had, like yeah. that has to be like the best like dinner party. Like unless you like you like Neil Armstrong's in there. Where he's like, well, yeah, I went to the moon. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's more important. But I was in the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I, I don't even think you could see her face, really. She was down like a long, dark hallway, but so, so still like, cool. Like no one believes her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then lastly, we have David Armstrong, who plays the surgeon, which I wouldn't be able to pick him out of the lineup. But uh, again, a small role in Spartacus. And he was a security guard in To Save Man which we probably glossed over him just because of that cast was so giant. Yeah. This is uh, like his second of like four appearances and he just, he's a kind of one of those guys that just is going to be in the background. So yeah. Yeah. So figured he was worth mentioning for that, but uh, he also played a security guard in three, the hard way, which is one of my favorite black exploitation films. So I, uh, I definitely want to bring that one up with Jim Brown, Jim Kelly and Fred Williamson. I was hoping for a third Jim. I was hoping, but uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> It'd be three, three gyms the hard way. That would be what, you know, but, uh, I've, I've been you know, a new slim gym campaign. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have not, I have not heard of that film and I know that's, that, that doesn't, shouldn't surprise anybody, but I usually the stuff that you end up loving, that's like, like weird, uh, like very niche genre. I end up enjoying a great deal as well. So I, I look forward to that. Yeah. I, I think it's still available. There's a four pack with like, uh, I can't. I can't remember uh, what else was on it. Three the hard way. I believe it's uh, hot potatoes on it. Uh, Black Samson and Black Belt Jones. So it's yeah, it's still ten bucks for the DVD. Highly recommend that box set. Oh, I might have to do that. Like I just recently bought that. Uh, that was it from Shot Factory. The four adventure movie set with uh, Treasure of the Four Crowns, and then I escaped Devil's Island. I think. Yeah, that's one there. Yeah. And I'm a couple other, yeah, it's like, it was just, but like, I just feel like they're like, Hey, we'll get the rights. We're not going to worry about like transfers or quality, but I guess if people are buying this, they probably don't care either. You know? So like, <laughs> Hey, sure. uh, yeah. three, the hard way is streaming on uh, Amazon prime for free. So. All right. Well, I'm, I will have to check that out. That sounds amazing. So, all right. That's, yeah, that's your cast and crew. Um, and well, uh, I, I do want to mention yeah. uh, William Tuttle returns doing makeup effects in this episode as well. Well, perfect. All right. So let's just uh, let Serling take it away. Mr. and Mrs. John Holt, aging people who slowly and with trembling fingers turn the last pages of a book of life and hope against logic and the preordained that some magic printing press will add to this book another limited edition. But these two senior citizens happen to live in a time of the future when nothing is impossible, even the trading of old bodies for new. Mr. and Mrs. John Holt, in their twilight years, who are about to find that there happens to be a zone with the same name. So, how there did you feel? How did you feel about that? Where he's like, "They're the twilight of their years, and there's some type of zone with a similar name." Like, how did you feel about that? I feel it's funny. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I audibly cheered on the couch when I was watching this when he did that. <laughs> I really enjoyed his intro on this. I feel like it's been a while since I've. Uh, I really took notice of his uh, written intros for the shows. It's like, I feel like that should have been like the new direction for the show. And this is not how I feel at all, where it's just a bunch of anthology stories about people like that are older, like they're just in the twilight of their life. And it's just all these stories about like, you know, they, you know what? They made it to the grocery store today. It was a good day. <laughs> like, just- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we've, we've seen a lot of uh, episodes about old people and aging. So. That's true. Like this might actually be a good companion piece to like kick the can like thematically. You know, yeah. so um, which good on them and good on the production company to not shy away from incorporating a lot of older actors because, you know, like not that I'm saying that people, you know, that there's there's always this tendency to go younger. And, and this show certainly shows that it doesn't do that. So, like, yeah, I, I appreciate yeah. it. Though it was a weird choice to get a younger actor actor and put um, prosthetic makeup on him to make him look older. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, now that you said it, was it weird. yeah, I didn't, I didn't really think about it. It looked a little weird, but I didn't think too hard because I was like, was he that old in Death's Head Revisited? I'm like, well, maybe, but it's like, I just, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's just really amazing makeup, but it, it's a weird decision. Yeah, and he gives an amazing performance in this, which we'll talk about uh, maybe why that happened, but um, he gives an amazing performance in this and. I honestly, it about halfway through the episode, I started thinking about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I think that's makeup." Yeah, <laughs> and then sure enough, I see uh, William Tuttle worked on this well, one. I, maybe and, the uh, choice. If you go yeah. back and look at him in Death's Head Revisited, he is he looks nothing like this. That's true, but I think because since Elliot Silverstein was supposed, well, since he did direct The Obsolete Man, and Schildkraut was supposed to be the main character in that. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe it's like, you know, he likes this guy enough. He's like, I got it. I got to work with him on this show. And that could have yeah. been it. Cause there's nothing, nothing in the trivia I found. There's actually not a lot of trivia other than the one piece we'll get to later, uh, that I really found out about this. And so maybe it's just cause the director liked him, and it's like, we'll make it work, you know? And yeah. yeah. And they make it work. They he do. gives a great performance. It's just, it's weird. Cause the, uh, Alma Platt is actually the age she's supposed to be in this. So it's. It's weird that they didn't just find an actor that was the correct age, but <laughs> yeah. I don't, whatever. It, it it honestly doesn't affect the episode at all. Yeah. I mean, until you pointed out there's like uh, makeup effects, I, I really didn't think about it until you just said it. So, and I watched this thing twice. So yeah, if I wasn't paying attention, it, it wasn't, if, if it wasn't noticeable, it was effective. Yeah. It, you could, you could tell kind of around the eyes. And around the mouth, it looked a little bit weird, um, especially in HD. You could, you Th- that's could fair, but spot those things also. But like uh, Alma, sorry, Alma, sorry, Marie Holt, you know, she had a lot of distinct lines on her face. So I wasn't thinking too much about it because like she had a very, you know, like it's just, you know, she's an older woman. And then this was a time where you didn't do the plastic surgery thing. Like you just aged and that was that because, well, I mean, plastic surgery, I'm sure it still happened then, but <laughs> who knows what the results were, but yeah. yeah like, so, well, I yeah. mean, it, that's actually a good conversation to bring up on this with uh natural aging. That's true. Like good on me for bringing up something I didn't think about earlier. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so let's, let's just uh, get into this. Um, I, I want to say from the get go, I liked, and you could tell once, once it occurred to me that this was Elliot Silverstein directing this, like on the second watch through, it started clicking a lot more. Like at the beginning, when you see the door for the New Life Corporation and you see the silhouette of you know of our characters, and he you know he kisses her hand, and it's an, it's a really wonderful intro to the episode. Yeah, this um, Elliot Silverstein is definitely becoming one of my favorite directors for the show. It is as much as Passersby didn't necessarily resonate with me as like one of my favorites. That was a great looking episode, right? Yeah, so. no, like we both agreed that the mood and the setting for that was really good. And there was some good lighting in that. Or I should yeah. say lack of lighting. Some of the shadows in that were really effective. Yeah, he, he makes great work with shadows um, between this and especially Obsolete Man. Um, but yeah, I mean, between this and Obsolete Man, he's he's fast becoming one of my favorites. Uh, I'm I'm upset that we only, what did I say, one more he after one this? More. Yeah, I him? think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm upset. <laughs> that he didn't do as much work as some of the other directors. Yeah. So it was a nice, nice, like kind of like intro, like you already get like their love, even though you don't know who they are. And then they end up like, you know, in the, the madman, like a uh, madman, um, like a lobby area of the new life corporation. And that's whenever they, they get handed off to uh, Mr. Vance. And there's a lot of, a lot of talk there about what's about to happen. And I just find it a little odd uh, again, this is my perception of the episode that like you would think because of what, you know, later that they know exactly what this place is, but they're, but they talk to Mr. Vance, like they don't understand what they're actually getting into. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, we got to explain it to the viewer at some point, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, it's just one of those things where it, you just got to kind of take it or leave it. Um, but yeah, so he sits them down and you find out that they're both, uh, they're both near the end of their lives and everything. And that, uh, Mr. Holt is unhealthy. He has, and a, he has he's a, in a lot of pain, deal, a great deal of sickness is how they describe it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A great deal of sickness. And he's in a lot of pain. Yeah. So you find out that they're at this place, um, the new life corporation, 
where they basically do a surgery where they have these perfect physical specimen of like young bodies that they put your your mind and all your memories and everything your memory bank he refers to it as into these younger bodies so you can live i think they say that it's like a 112 year lifespan mm-hmm. or something so it, you find out they're married for 50 years and they're trying to do this because they can't they can't even live with the idea of uh, one of them passing away or just going on without each other but yeah, I, I love at that point when they enter, um, I, I guess the showroom, yeah, if you like will, the, the corridor, yeah, yeah. The, that shot as they're about to go through the door, it cuts to inside of that corridor, and you just see their silhouette with the door opening and the bright light behind them and everything. I I absolutely adored that shot. I was trying to get a good screen cap of that, but unfortunately, because since most of the frame is like black. It's like it was a really weird thing to try to get to to, to get the importance of how awesome that shot is. Yeah. Uh, but it was very reminiscent of the obsolete man whenever they would come into the courtroom and like it was that far away shot and there's the the depth, you know, and um, yeah, yeah. And slowly as the lights turn on um, as they're walking down that corridor and you're seeing the different showrooms on both sides, uh, which they don't flat out show you immediately what's in them. But um yeah, it, it looked very similar to the set of Obsolete Man. Yeah, which, I mean, they're the obsolete people, right? So they're looking at yeah. the, the, the non-obsolete uh, thing. So, yeah, so uh, Mr. Vance is talking about, like, there, there's a comment. It's a weird comment that uh, that I, I saved. It's going to be at the end of the show where he's like, oh, here's our, like, was it like adolescent and teenager section? You don't want that. It's like, well, I mean, that's weird, but okay, you're just, I don't know why you'd have, like, preteens, but I guess if if this process is that we put you, you into a body, then I guess people could pick what age they want to start with. But my thought is if this works as well as they say it does, why wouldn't you want to go as like as young legally as possible to still function society? That seems a little weird to me that they yeah, give the option of being in an older body. Yeah. And if, if the, the life of these bodies, the lifespan is 112 years. Is it the same lifespan, whether you start, uh, yeah as like a baby or as like a grown 20 something male or something <laughs> like I, is it just 112 from whatever body you get into no i like the idea it's like they go through the, the models and it's like oh wait 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 here's here's our 50 year olds they're they're a reduced price <laughs> like because yeah. you know like it's like they're not perfect but this one had some imperfections and um we simmed it out like it was a smoker all of its life. Do you like it's it's way cheaper. <laughs> this one has a uh, sleeping problems, uh, but uh, seventy five percent off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess we're kind of you know uh, revealing what's going on. So they pass these showrooms, and it's very reminiscent of Elegy uh, in the sense that you have these people like frozen. Like in displays, like they're, they're basically like living mannequins in a way like that's, I don't know what else to describe them as, but they're like all these like younger people and like basically swimsuits and posed in different ways and good on Silverstein to not keep the camera static because yeah it, it helps sell the illusion that they're standing perfectly still. Yeah. The poor guy that was holding the one girl, um, up in the air. That dude was struggling. <laughs> you could see him shaking. <laughs> well, then there was also the one girl later where she has like her head turned all over her shoulder. It's like that ha- can't be comfortable like forever. Yeah, but that that one dude was shaking so bad holding the girl. It's <laughs> like maybe don't go for a uh, pose that requires that much like strength. You know, make it easier on on the uh, actor. Yeah, because no. I mean, I, I don't go to this like this is, implies like I go to like the mall to go buy clothing because I don't know I'm, I'm I I buy the cheapest clothing possible. Just give me a trash bag, I'll wear it. But like it'd be <laughs> like going to like you know like Macy's and seeing the mannequins holding each other. It's like that wouldn't make sense. Like you know, like, <laughs> I want to uh, <laughs> now I want to see mannequins in crazy positions. Whenever <laughs> I go to the mall, I feel like that would be that would be a really wonderful like piece of performance art if you just sneak into malls. And rearrange the mannequins into weird positions, like not sexual, but like weird action shots. 
And then just like, like sneak a lawnmower out of the uh, <laughs> I, like, I guess Sears isn't a thing anymore, but just go sneak like a lawnmower out of the other department, put it on the thing and just <laughs> stupid stuff like that. That would be great. That would be um, if there's a way you could pull that off, that would be amazing. But yeah, so so you're right. Like that was maybe not the best the best thing to do. But so you get, you know, it's it's a very interesting and kind of off putting image because you see, you know, people. And the whole, and you know that the process is, is that your consciousness and you are being put into to this. So it doesn't feel the same way as looking at a mannequin. Like you're seeing, you know, I don't know, you go to a car lot, you have your old busted car, you're looking at all the new cars, you know, and it, it's, it's an interesting uh, bit of imagery that I really liked. Yeah. So as they're trying to decide what model they're going to pick, um, Mr. Vance gets a phone call. You get the secretary calling for him. So he goes away for a minute and uh, the Holtz kind of have this moment where they're just talking about how this seems too good to be true and that, uh, you know, this is going to be a new lease on life for them and everything. Um, So as they're deciding to actually go through with it, Mr. Vance comes back and they eventually pick the first couple model that they see uh, the first one you're introduced to. So you find out um, basically... He's like, we can do this as early as tomorrow if you guys would like. So they're like, yeah, I guess we can. So he introduces the idea of like a trial period, like a one week trial period. And uh, if you don't like the body that you're put into, you can switch back and all that. So he says like they've had a 98 percent satisfaction uh, <laughs> percentage yeah. of the past 12 years or something. So then we uh, were told the price. Well, so you find so, out that it costs $5,000 a person. Yeah. So I think before we get to the price part, I, I think there's a bit during the discussion. Well, one, I want to point out that like um, uh, his name, uh, John is looking, he looks down at the, the the models and they're holding hands and he looks down at his hand and he's holding his wife's hand and it's a nice symmetry between. So I think that's what sells him is like, that's a couple that's already together. This is perfect. And then as they're having a discussion kind of about some of the details, that's when we get the Serling intro. And the only reason I just want to mention that is because one, he has his leg propped up in a very confident pose, and I respect that. Uh, <laughs> but I kind of wish that he would have been in a display. Like, I just why couldn't have been the camera moving across all these like you know young like surfers and like beach going barbecue, and then you just see Serling standing like you know still, and then he animates and tell and gives the intro. Like, why? Like that feels like the most obvious thing in the world. And that would have been amazing to me. Yeah. Well. Probably was on set while they were there, but that, <laughs> it's still. I was. I really thought he was going to be in with that with the set of mannequins that they bought. Yeah, like, well, well, because I, I really thought he was going to be there. The way because the camera pans over really slowly at first, and then it does that like quick cut, real fast whip when it gets over to Serling. But it was moving so slow at first. I thought he was just going to be in there with them. Oh, it just would have been like, it just been amazing for him, like being in like a bathing suit and just doing the intro, like uh, in a display. But yeah, but he had a confident leg prop. So I will, I'll give him that. Like he, you know, he was, he was feeling Serling power stance. Serling power stance. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, with the price and everything in this one week trial period, when, when Mr. Vance introduces all this stuff, like I was really expecting this episode to go in a different direction. Me too. Like I, I just did not trust him. Um, and good on the twilight zone. Cause I feel like they've trained us to not trust him. <laughs> um, but he honestly, um, he seems to care enough about these two characters. Yeah. So like, but he, when it comes to the issue of the 5,000 per person, uh, also I just, I made a quick note. So that would be the equivalent of $41,537 and 98 cents in 2018. So this is a significant investment to do this. Yeah. I mean, that's it, basically a nice car though. Yeah. It like is. you're I mean, buying it, it, a human body. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's fairly cheap actually. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's the, the hook of this is though, that you got to pay the money up front. Like there's no, yeah. you know, you can't yeah, and go. He says like cash only too, which was something I was like, <laughs> man, this seems, this seems sketchy. Yeah, it's like, it's like a shady, <laughs> a shady body swapping business. It's like, listen, yeah. the reason this is a corridor. Cause it's like, you know, we're, we're out of here in like, you know, two weeks. Yeah. You know. 
Well, that's kind of what I expected to happen is like, you know, sell him a faulty body or something and then they're gone or something. Just he was acting kind of shifty at this point (laughs) with the money and the trial period. But then you find Uh, out. So like so John's like, well, we have five thousand. Uh, you know, can we, can we do, you know, like both of us, but then get credit. And then, so there, there's a weird hand wave where the, you know, Mr. Vance is like, no, 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 I'm sorry. We can't be uh, give credit. It's a uh, government regulation. <laughs> like, yeah. cause I feel like that would be like, there has to be a barrier for entry because why wouldn't everybody be like, yeah, you know what? I do kind of want to live forever. I'll work it off. Like eventually you're going to run out of people. I don't not run out of people, but there's going to be enough people in new bodies that, like it's just going to become a mess if everybody's just making payments. I guess. I mean, that seemed again car dealership like ideas. They haven't gone out of business and they work out payment plans. That, whatever. I question the logic. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. But it, it it makes for a good story. <laughs> sure. So yeah. Government <laughs> regulation can't give credit for people that are going to be in bodies for a hundred years and potentially pay it off. That does yeah, not seem like a sound investment to me. Yeah. Government regulation, uh, cash only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounded, sounded all, legit, right? All on the up and up, right? Yeah. No, we'll yeah. do, we'll do a cash advance on your paycheck, but we will not do credit. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's like, we can do one of you for 5,000. So, um, <laughs> John's like, no, we, we, we can't be split up. We have to, uh, we have to do this together. Or nobody does it. And uh, what's the wife's name? Marie. She's she's kind of telling him that he should be the one to do it because he's sick and in pain. And he says no. He says no. And they end up leaving. So there's a nice a nice shot there. Well, first he's he tries to haggle with Mr. Vance. And he's like, here, just take the money. Just take it. Like the whole notion of like put it in your hands. And then that's almost like acceptance. You know? And he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he's like, yeah. I'm really sorry. And he walks away. Uh, so as they're getting ready to leave, um, John turns around, looks at the bodies again. There's a, it's a really, it's a really haunting kind of look. Cause you see real pain in his eyes and there's probably a reason for that. And we'll get to that later. Um, think about the concept of the story and what actually happened in his life. This, this, this episode is devastating on like rewatch. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> and, uh, so then, but then she says to him, she's like, come along. And she recites some type of poem about being like together forever. Um, you know, friends to the end. That's actually, that's from child's play. That's not the the poem, but you know, (laughs) like, um, but she says it and she reminds him and then, but it's like, you get this, like he gets, you can tell that he is like just so close to what they could have had. And he has to look back one last time before they exit the showroom. And it's, it's very, it's very moving. Yeah. And the fact that, uh, all of my preconceived thoughts about Mr. Vance, are kind of dashed uh, when he doesn't take the money. Yeah. Cause you can tell that he actually cares and that he actually is legitimately sorry that he can't help them at that point. So I was like, okay, all right, this guy's not just, uh, <laughs> this guy's not just uh, some sort of huckster trying to sell these, uh, illegal bodies or whatever. He's like, listen for 5,000, I could put the both of you one body. It's, it's, we call it the Steve Martin. It's fine. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll ah, work okay, it out. I'll take 5,000. We'll see what happens. <laughs> which one, which one are you, are, is one of you left-handed? One of you right-handed? This will work out perfectly, you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't take it. So at that point I finally was like, okay, he's not up to, uh, he's not up to anything. Yeah. Um, so next scene we have, uh, we're introduced to, uh, oh, what is his name? Faraday. Faraday. Yeah. He's introduced. We're introduced to Faraday. He's playing piano. There's a man standing over the piano drinking and there's a knock at a door. Not quite sure where we are yet. Um, when he opens the door, John Holt is standing there and he's looking for Faraday and he's, he tells him that the bartender downstairs told him that he comes up here there's some gambling going on. So there's a poker game or some sort of poker game. Um, I forget which variation it was that was going on. Like, like jacks or something. The, the jacks were important, but we'll find out that like even John doesn't know what's going on. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there, there's this poker game going on and he's brought the 5,000 he had thinking maybe he can double his money going to gamble. Uh, they're explaining this variation of poker that they're playing and uh, like you said, you can tell that John has no idea. He's he's playing it off kind of like he forgot the rules mm-hmm. and he just needs to be reminded. Um, 
But as the game goes on and everything, there's these moments where he's just wincing in pain every time he reaches his arm out. Um, it, he is just a, it, he's a broken man at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could just you could see the pain in his eyes and just the hope and it just it, there's so much emotion uh, in his performance at this point. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, his performance is good. I so here, here's me being the, you know, the the sourpuss. I feel like this portion of the episode's kind of padding. Like I just, oh, was, I love this uh, segment though. Oh well, okay, good. I'm glad yeah, that you I, did. I'm glad because again, I, I was it, frustrated. It's another flip on a character because uh, uh, Faraday. Yeah, he's he's basically like you can tell he's a criminal. Um, he he's got the look. Of a bad guy, you know, like he just nothing seems good in this room that he's in. But um, as they're playing the game, uh, Holt is putting all of his money in. He's he keeps putting it in. At one point, you're getting near the end of it and everybody's going all in on the money. And it's between him and Faraday. And Faraday basically asks him, like, you know, I'm about to just take all your money here. Yeah. And he's he's like, he's like, what's your deal? Like. Like, yeah, so yeah. he's he starts asking him like, "Are you sick? Um, what are you doing here? Why do you need this money and all that?" And uh, Holt lays it all on the line, tells him what's going on, and um, he's kind of resigned that he's about to lose his money in this situation. Yeah, and so then you you see the bit where uh, Faraday sees his cards, like you you as the viewer see what he has, and well, first you see what Holt has, where he has a uh, a pair of queens. Or no, a pair of kings, something like. Either way, like he had a, like a, a really good hand, and then you see that Faraday had a pair of aces, and so Faraday lays it down, basically being like, "Read him and weep," and he's overjoyed. And Faraday has this moment of like, "Oh, that's pretty good," and he just kind of considers it for a second, and he folds without anybody seeing what he has. And again, I didn't see that coming, uh, so I liked. So don't get me wrong, like I liked Faraday, but I just felt like the introduction of him playing the piano, like it was interesting character stuff, but it just didn't add to the episode. And it was very frustrating. I think it did though. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I feel like this shows how far John uh, Holt is willing to go uh, for the situation. I mean, he's putting his life savings pretty much on the line to have this happen. He's, he's going to places he wouldn't normally do. You could, this is just showing how desperate of a situation that this man is in. Yeah, fair enough. But, and I put my notes here. It's it's like rounders, but with old people is what I wrote. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, <laughs> but I just love that flip of the character because, like, I don't trust Faraday in this part as much as I didn't trust uh, Mr. Vance. And they flip it, and he turns out to be not that bad of a guy. So, and 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 that's fine. Like, I mean, like you know, that was a nice little vignette. But so he comes in with five thousand, he leaves with five thousand. So, like, it it still doesn't change his dilemma, though. Like, it doesn't change the decision that has to be made of do it or not, you know? And so that was the part I was kind of frustrated with where it's like, maybe if this was a longer runtime and you could see the links that he would go to try to secure, you know, everything, but because he comes in with what he takes out, it's like it. And then his decision that we get to in a second, like it, it, I don't feel like it really adds anything to the story and, and maybe, you know, Maybe that's fine in the sense that like you get these characters in these nice moments and that's good because it's been a while since I've gotten some warmth in the twilight zone that I've, I've liked a great deal in the last couple episodes, but it just, I just feel like this thing comes to a full stop during this and then it rushes at the very end. Yeah. And again, maybe if they did have a longer running time, you got to see what lengths he was going to and you could see that he was out of options and this was the last resort was to go through with the operation himself, you know, Um, because if like, because that's where I jumped to is that he's basically resigned to having no other option. Like he's going to die. Um, this is the only thing that's going to save him Mm -hmm. so he can be with his wife, but a longer runtime, you could see him maybe run through a few options and try and get that money. But it, it, it got the point across for me. So I was, I was totally okay with it. And I really enjoyed the Faraday character. No, I, I did too. It's just, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. see where you're coming from with it yeah. for sure. Um, it just it it didn't bug me as much. And I just want to point out that as soon as um, John won, that he was picking up his money. I just I was like, it was the loudest money I've ever heard 
Like he was oh, I know. just crinkle, <laughs> crunch, crinkle, crunch. I'm like, this was all printed like day of. And it's just like, here, I have my $5,000 in, cr- in crisp cellophane money or whatever it is. Well, what made me laugh, it's all in this like giant messy pile in the, in, on the table in the middle. And uh, he picks up like a tiny little bit. And then they cut back like two seconds later, and it's all somehow in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, there's no way that this sick, slow-moving old man was able to pick up all that money scattered all over the table that quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's uh, that's fair. But it was just like, man, that money's loud. The future yeah. money is loud. So that's that's the lesson I took from this episode. But. Like again, like I, this, the segment by itself, I was okay with. I just feel like with the shortened runtime and and how fast this thing ends, that's. I mean, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I just feel like where we go next should have had a little bit more time to breathe. That that's. I think that's my frustration. Yeah, I, I could definitely agree with that because there's there's some reactions that kind of come out of nowhere here in this uh, mm-hmm. at this last little bit. Um. But so he finally decides that uh, he's going to go first. Um, well, she actually pushes him like like Marie is like she says yes over and over and over again and is like kind of like you need to do this, you know, and it's a very it's a very sweet moment. But it's also like, you know, just <laughs> the way she says it, it's very, very it's haunting. It's kind of like just do this because she wants the best for him. He's in pain. Uh, you know, he is, uh, was it, um, full of sickness, uh, sorry, a great deal of sickness yeah. and she just needs him to go. And then he goes to through the, like the, the swinging doors and he goes to turn around and she gives him like that, like that finger wag of like, no, you don't. And I yeah. liked that. Like, you know, do not come back until you, you've had the switcheroo happen. The switcheroo. That's the That's name a- of this episode now is the switcheroo or <laughs> commonly known as free Jack. That's what this is also called. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So Mr. Vance leads him away. And uh, this was maybe the funniest part of the episode for me. The surgeons come out to take the uh, model that he picked. And <laughs> <laughs> like good on good on the actor to stay like stiff. Like it was. Oh, yeah. That must have been awkward. It was convincing, but it looks so funny because and just imagining being on set and be like, all right, these two guys are going to come and lift you up and take you away. And, like, <laughs> And it's like, you know, that the one guy had to put his like hand and arm like between and under the legs, you know, and I'm, like, <laughs> you know, like, 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 like they may not have been friends when they started the scene, but they were family by the time they were done. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just curious how many takes that actually took to do that. Like, that's a bit of trivia. I'd love to know, like, Somebody had to have laughed one of those times or dropped him or <laughs> couldn't pick him up him. or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like we caught him on the first bounce. Like that doesn't count. Let's try this again. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was really funny looking. Um, so the surgeons come take him away, the model away. And um, there, there's a little kind of creepy moment where you see John's old body being wheeled away. Before he comes out in this new body. Well, because Mr. Vance, like, and, and the surgeons come through the double doors, and so Marie's there waiting, and they're and she's like, "Oh, how was it?" And they're like, "It's a success." And the first thing they show him is like his like, uh, like uninhibited body. It's like that's not the definition of success is showing her husband like basically dead on a gurney. That's not success, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> it's it, it was kind of creepy seeing him being wheeled away. Yeah, but then he comes through the doors. Yeah, uh, he is as happy as can be. He's running around. Uh, the lobby. He's laughing. He's frolicking. Doing, yeah. He's, yeah. He's doing push ups. He's just like, look what I can do. But before the push up, um, he does like a weird twist turn, like kind of like, you know, I don't know like what a, it is. Like, like a ballet <laughs> uh, spin almost. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> like by the, like there's a set of doors off like the, the far right. And he just kind of is like, just overjoyed and spinning like it sells it sells the moment, but it's it's a weird movement. And then he goes and does push ups on a on like um I don't know uh, a couch like not a couch but like a you know a, like a, a long a bench a cushioned bench. He does like yeah. push ups like like almost. Well, I mean, yeah. seeing as his uh, he couldn't even like lift his arms up when he was playing poker. Yeah, throwing his arms up in the air and spinning around, I guess, would feel amazing. That's that's fair. Like so, it, it, I was expecting like <laughs> like a Jack Palance like one arm push up like coming, but that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So when when he comes back, he's like, you know, this is this is the new life. We're going to be able to do all these things uh, we weren't able to do in our old bodies. And this look of horror 
and just sadness, I, I, and sadness shock. Yeah. and shock. Uh, all these emotions run through Marie. And you can tell that she's immediately upset with the decision that they've made. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it works for the episode. It's just like knowing that we spent like what, like four or five minutes at a poker game. And also knowing that there's like a week long trial with the new body. I, I just feel like it would have been interesting to see that, you know, unbalanced life for like a day or two. Like, I think yeah. that would have been the more yeah, it, interesting it just, way. It, that's why I was saying some of these reactions happen pretty quick, but yeah. I mean, it, it gets the point they're trying to make across quickly. And then, um, and then it goes even faster. Yes. He goes back through the double doors to go do some paperwork. Um, Literally a few seconds later, he comes back out in his old body again, and uh, they live happier, ever, happily ever after, and walk out. Well, he says he nice says to her, you know, like he, he re- recites the poem that she talked about earlier, and then they go like arm in arm out the door. So he's like friends to the end. And again, that's not the poem, but uh, they, <laughs> like uh, they, uh, and so it's like he, it's almost the thing where he comes to the realization of like, yeah, you know what. Like my, my body is just a, a bag of broken glass, but I'd rather spend my time with the woman I've been with for 50 years and we grow old together and have those moments as opposed to, you know, not like of her being upset and frustrated and not having that same connection that they've, they've grown comfortable and, you know, together as one, you know, and yeah. it, it's, it's a sweet ending. Um, yeah. And Serling's uh, outro is very sentimental, mm-hmm. very sweet. Um, unlike, most of uh, Sir Lang's <laughs> uh, moral tales that he tells. So, <laughs> yeah. So here we should get to the trivia then that this will color this entire episode differently for anybody that hasn't watched it yet, or if they're going to watch yeah. it again. So we find out like that um, that uh, Joseph Schildenkraut's uh, he during this production his wife was already ill and she was dying. And during this production, she actually passed away. Yeah. And after the first day of production. Oh, yeah. So um, the director and everybody else is like, we can stop. And, but Shieldkraut comes from like a family of actors. And it's like this point of pride of like the show goes on type of thing. Like he's professional. And he's like, no, I'm here to do a job. I want to do it. So they would shoot the scenes. And then like between takes, he'd be off camera, like weeping. And then he'd pull it together and then do what was required of him, which is the devastating and also amazing at the same time. Like it just to know, like, you know, it, like I can't even fathom getting that kind of news and being told to do my job. Right. Like, like a year ago, I knew we had to put our dog down and I could barely function at work. What I was doing, let alone be in front of a camera, you know, yeah. like it's just, Doing a story that <laughs> kind of is tied into that situation, uh, a, you know, with uh, aging and dying and sickness. Yeah. Like, it, there, it, there's so many parallels to what was actually going on in his life. It just, uh, it, I feel weird saying it makes this episode better. <laughs> um, but you're right, because like when he's sitting at the, the poker table and you see the tears in his eyes and he's talking about his wife, it's like, I don't think this is acting like, and then no, it's like, yeah, yeah. because I was, I was really impressed with his performance. And then, uh, when I found that, uh, trivia out, I was like, Oh, that, uh, that wasn't a performance. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> there's a lot of emotion coming through him. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, it's a sweet episode too. So maybe hopefully, uh, this helped him a little bit doing this episode, you know, and coming to peace with things like hopefully this helped him. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's devastating. It really colors this episode. Like I was, I was choked up reading about that and then thinking back to his performance. Yeah. This. So it, it definitely, you know, lends a different, like, you know, feel to the episode. I just, and I liked it. I liked this episode. It was a nice, it was a nice palate cleanser from the, like, you know, I, I know everybody following along here. Like I, you know, I've been frustrated the past couple of weeks when we do these shows. Um, is this my favorite one? Not really, but it, it was enough like that. I was like, okay, that one was good. I just, I just have problems because I feel like, I feel like the poker game. And I know you and I've talked about this. I feel like it was like padding that there could have been set up for the bigger, 
the bigger conflict and realization of what happened. And again, I know it's me rewriting an episode that's like over 50 years old, but the, the option was there, but they went with the poker game. And that was, that's, that's my frustrating thing here is I feel like there could have been one more bit to this that could have taken this to like the next level. Like this is a good episode. It's, it's not a great episode and it's not going to be my favorite from the season. No, I, 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 I'm kind of in line with you as much as I've been praising it and everything. Uh, there are issues with pacing, uh, in it. Um, I, I think the performances are really what lends itself for this to be above, uh, to be a good episode for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I honestly, since you brought up, uh, um, coming off of, uh, Hocus Pocus and Frisbee, I honestly think this being kind of a return to form with good Serling ideas being brought in these episodes. This, I, my opinion is a little <laughs> bit higher than it would have been if I just randomly picked an episode. Yeah. If I was just, you know, like I'm going to watch an episode of Twilight Zone and just randomly pick this. Like I'd probably be like, yeah, that was okay. But after coming off kind of a weak string of episodes, um, this one was kind of an emotional gut punch for me and I, I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think again, I've talked in length <laughs> while doing the show about uh, going in order and the way they were aired and what that lends to the series. Uh, I think this one uh, definitely was improved by it, it benefits, going in order. Yeah. It's like the whole thing of like, you know, um, some people step forward, other people step back, like in terms of like, yeah. so I feel like this one, because of where it was placed, it, it, it lands better for me. And it, again, I, I mean, we'll, I'm sure once we get to the end of the season, which is coming up soon, we'll, we'll have this discussion. Um, it, it was fine. Like I, I liked it. A good idea, like a fun idea to kind of explore. Um, just, I kind of wish it would have went in a little different direction, but I'm going to recommend right now. And I know you've not seen it. Uh, there's an episode of black mirror called be right back where it has uh, Haley Otwell, who was, um, Peggy Carter and, um, captain America, uh, she and, um, Oh, what's his name? He was uh, general Nux and, uh, the star Wars movies recently. Uh, she, they're, they're a couple and he dies like, like at a car crash. And so she's like in mourning and someone's like, Hey, I know you're going through this, but there's a service that that's out there that, uh, collates all his social media interactions. It can give you an AI that would be like him that you could like text and like interact with. And at first she's kind of like on the fence about it, but she starts talking to him. And then, then like she, what the ghost of him, like the digital ghost of him. And then he's like, well, I could call you. And she's like, I really, how's that going to work? And it picked up enough of his, like from videos and everything else of him on the net that could approximate him. And it's like, and and it goes further than that. And I don't want to give away because you haven't seen it. People have not watched the episode of black mirror. It kind of, it's not the same thing as this, but it's the sense of loss of a partner and what you'd be willing to do to get it back. And it's, it's yeah. a really, it's a, it's a really good episode, but it's black mirror. So of course it's going to beat the shit out of you and leave you like, you know, broken at the end. But, um, I highly recommend it. And so, yeah, that's what made me think of this. Yeah. It sounds interesting, but yeah, as, as well as like dealing with aging and death, which we've seen, uh, multiple episodes on, I think, uh, one of, one of the big things I always kind of pull away is like loss of identity and all that. And I, yeah. I feel like this touches on that kind of lightly as well. <laughs> but so the, do you see my point about like, so they bring out the actor, the bodybuilder guy, right? The one that's playing like the replacement. And so in a way he's perfection in this episode. Right. But then an eye of the beholder, he is like, like the most ugly thing in the world, but he's the same looking dude, you know, <laughs> like, so <Yeah. laughs> and, like, so they bring him out there to kind of, you know, like tell, you know, this quote unquote ugly person, like, no, 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 we'll go away and it'll be a, a perfect life for us. And then this one, it's like, he, he is the epitome. Like it's, it's different, different takes, but this guy shows up in the third act of both of them to kind of bring the point home. So I thought that was funny that it's like, Hey, 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 we need you to, to, to hammer the nail. He's like, I'm there. I'm there. I'll do push ups. It's fine. You know, like, <laughs> That's what they call me, the nail. <laughs> the nail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, this episode was fine. Like, and uh, maybe, you know, again, if, if considering what was around it, maybe I'd think a little differently of it, but I liked it. It just, you know, I halfway through, I was completely in, and then, you know, uh, the, the poker game happened, and 
by itself, it was fine. I was great. I was happy to see Gregory again. He wasn't chewing on a pencil board though, but you know, <laughs> it was okay. Like I, I'm glad I, that we I was just excited that they subverted, subverted my expectations. That's, with that's this, fair. I, yeah. I honestly thought everyone was up to no good. It turns out that people actually have a heart in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, the I, twist. Maybe having like just a nice stable episode of Twilight Zone is the cure for what ails you. That's maybe that's, I should just appreciate it. And then, cause we're getting towards the end of the season. So there's not many more opportunities here, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I did. I did as well. I would, I would definitely recommend people check this one out. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, no, uh, the only other thing I had in my note we kind of touch on, uh, William Tuttle's makeup was very convincing. But enough that I didn't uh, think about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that was that was the last thing I had in my notes was about the makeup. So Yeah. All right. So let's just go ahead and uh, rate the twist. Um, so I'm going to give it a two. Uh, again, this does not reflect my feeling of the episode, but that John would realize it's better to grow old and loved than be young and alone. That doesn't surprise me a whole lot. So, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Gave it a two. Um, again, like the episode a great deal, but once once we got to that last act of this episode, yeah, you knew exactly what was going to happen. So no surprise. But um, the real big twist for me in this was that nobody was out to uh, get them because <laughs> I didn't trust anyone in this episode. And uh, it turns out everyone, uh, everyone has a conscience and uh, apparently people uh, like, uh, like, they like put humanity. It, I don't know. <laughs> like they put him in the body and then he's out walking around. Someone's like, that's my husband. And it's like, and you find out that poor guy got kidnapped and brain wiped and like that yeah yeah well compared to like we've seen so many episodes like monsters who do a maple street where it's like people are terrible yeah you know like society is terrible well, even like the little people it's like oh give this yeah. guy like a, like a tiny town to be like uh, look, looking at and suddenly he's a god yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean how many surling episodes where it's just like people are terrible there yeah. you go learn a lesson from it yeah and this one um, this one's actually and this one yeah. everybody has a heart yeah so. It, that was that was the big twist for me in this, but the actual twist of the episode, you can see it coming. So, no so I uh, just want to say that the, the name of the company, New Life Corporation, either sounds like that hip new church that's down the street from you or like like a 90s R&B hip hop type of thing that was all like, you know, about positivity. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's like the new day. It's like the WWE. new day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing if this company would have been called New Day because that would have been appropriate. And then it's like, here, you have this new body and pancakes. That would have been amazing. But <laughs> all right. So, yeah, that, I think that's going to do it for our talk about the trade-ins. Um, you know, if this had been a future and this had been a GameStop, they would have only gotten 20% of their value for their body, bringing it into the, to trade it in, to get the new, to the new body. And then they had pay full price. So um, what, do, what do they do with the old bodies? So they have to keep them for a week. <laughs> I feel right? like, cause there's I feel a like trade in policy. It's the used like, car like lot, right? Like, so like maybe, maybe there's some people that pick, make this decision earlier. So they just keep their bodies in storage again. Like they're like, Hey, you know, Guys, you know, maybe you can't get like, you know, um, like Jimmy Beach guy that's here, you know, hanging out, like, you know, shaking as he holds the lady friend in the display room. But we do have this gently used body of a guy who, you know, his hobbies were to sit on the porch in Whitland. Like, do you want that body? Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> or is there like a auction, like the cars, you know, the car dealerships, they'll send them off to the auction. So they strip them do for they parts. Just, they just strip them Yeah. Parts. Well, that's what I mean. Is there like an auction where people <laughs> bid on them to steal like harvest organs and stuff? Yeah. Like there, there's, there's some weird stuff going on in the background of this episode that's that true. I need answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is actually the precursor to Blade Runner. You know, they just, they're like, you know, we, you know, <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, that's going to do it for uh talk of the trade-ins. Uh, Kevin, how can people find us? Oh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I do have a YouTube page. I haven't really done anything with it, but it's there. Um, you can email us at strange highways podcast at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, or leave us voicemails on there. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Satchel, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, we're there. And uh, it would really help us out if you would rate and review us on there. 
get the word out about the show, considering uh, we got a lot of work ahead of us coming up. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we did uh, two weeks ago now. We launched our Patreon. We've had a few people sign up. So thank you guys so much. Um, we really appreciate it. But uh, next week, we're actually going to be taking a week off of the original series. And we're going to be doing the first episode of the new Jordan Peele series. Yeah. So that's so April 1st, April Fool's Day, uh, CBS All Access. So you got to actually have access to the streaming platform. We'll be actually uh, dropping uh, the first two episodes of the new Twilight Zone, which I. I believe, like, so So Kevin says that the one's called, um, what, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet, and the other one's The Comedian, but then there's also talk of one called Replay, so I'm not sure which two are coming, but we're going to be covering the first one, and that'll be free for everybody here that listens to the show, and then uh, any other uh, episodes of The New Twilight Zone, we're going to, it's going to be, you know, in our Patreon, so... Uh, the cool thing about the Patreon, not only will it help support us and pay for the show uh, and help because, you know, there is money involved in just the the hosting and everything else that we do. Uh, and also paying for CBS All Access because, you know, what we need is another streaming service. My God. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys can join and support the show as low as $1 a month. We have three tiers. The one tier is where's everybody? Um, $1 gives you access to what we call our uh, detours, which will include the new Twilight Zone. Um, and like, because we, we don't want the bar to be high. Like you pay a buck you get access to all this, you know, like I, I don't, I don't like large paywalls for things. So if you guys just want to give us a dollar, I think that's well invested for us to ramble on about the new twilight zone. If you want yeah, to, I, yeah. I'm, I'm throwing around an idea. I, I talk a lot about, uh, movies that I want to check out that we kind of discover as we're going through here. So I might, as I get to some of those, throw up some little quick reviews up there as well. Yeah. Um, just for some added content on there. Um, so stay tuned for what other, um, kind of reviews and shows are going to be thrown up there. Yeah. So like, so $1, you can get access to our detours, $5. Uh, you'll be part of our five characters in search of an exit. You could be the Piper or the ballerina or whatever. Um, or the clown that's sarcastic that you could be that. Uh, but that, what will that will do is you could pick a TV episode of any anthology series. That's not the twilight zone, because I feel like we're going to cover a lot of that. And we'll cover it. So if you say, Paul, I know you've been tormented by Are You Afraid of the Dark? You can pick an episode. I'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, side, side note, we're now through three seasons of that show. And, and just, just letting you know, it doesn't get any better. Like my wife and I have been watching it. Because <laughs> uh, it's just like I, I still have to get that return on investment of buying it a year ago. There's still four more seasons to get through. But if there's one thing oh, you want to talk man. about, yeah, um, not, not good. But – also like the things they toss off is like brief, like little like ending endings of stories are way more dark than the story itself. It's like, like they're like, and then the fisherman found the, the remains of the boy's body the next day. It's like, that's dark. But anyway, so yeah, five bucks. You want to pick an anthology show? We'll cover it. Uh, $10 a month or more. You could be part of the 16 millimeter shrine. And what that means is if there is an anthology film, uh, that you want us to cover, we'll do it. And you know what? You could come on the show and we'll talk about it. It'll be a good time. So there's, you know, opportunities for other content in the twilight zone. But again, if you just want to spend a dollar and support us, which would be great, you'll still have access to the new Jordan Peele episodes. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and support us, you can head over to patreoncom slash strange highways. So real easy. And uh, again, thank you to the people who have contributed so far. Um, we shall have content up there very shortly. Yeah. Uh, cause that's coming Monday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I don't know why I snorted there. That was terrible. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, uh, I, I don't have a Serling thing for, because he didn't write it for the new stuff. So I don't have an intro to tease. Um, we'll talk about the, the next Twilight Zone episode, like for the old series when we get there. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us this week and the trade-ins. I hope everybody has a good week. I hope everybody's excited for the new, new Twilight Zone. Um, this is probably the most excitement built around this series in like forever. And also I'll just point out a, like that, the, the teaser, like, uh, stuff they're putting online, the font they're using is the same font, uh, that was used for the title cards for this season. Like when they introduce yeah. the episodes on the screen and th something about that just makes me very happy seeing that yeah, they're using exciting. the same font. So, and it uh, was a smart move for uh, Jordan Peele to get us out there right before it. Yeah. Um, Cause there's, there's a lot of talk about Jordan Peele 
and uh, a lot of opportunity for cross promotion as far as interviews and everything talking about both the movie and the series starting next week. So uh, pretty genius on the studio and CBS. So. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. So, all right. So we, yeah, we, we're going to jump right into the, the new Twilight Zone and I hope you guys join us and it will be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And also, cause we have no idea what's coming. I've, I've kept away from all reviews cause I do not want to know a single thing about the episodes. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going in completely blind as well. So. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for us this week. Have a good week. Happy, um, pre or was it twilight zone Eve? I guess that's what we'll say. And, uh, if you have the opportunity to, um, put yourself in a new body, you know, if you do that and twirl around, do some pushups for goodness sake, you know, take that thing out for a spin. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to stay away from, uh, uh, illegal gambling halls, I guess. I don't know. That's all <laughs> I learned from this. <laughs> I'm sure you don't want to go uh, that uh, young, because up here in our young adults, we have several interesting units.